Unscripted is how a lot of things are feeling these days. Unscripted being that things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. They're not going the way they're written. They're not going like they did last year. Things are feeling unscripted and school is just one of them. Where we are at church, all of the counties around us, they're all doing school a little differently. And just this week, one of the counties is even beginning to phase children back into in-person instruction. And so now it's like a hybrid all of a sudden. So we're having new excitement and new nerves around school. Children have excitement and nerves in the air. Parents have nerves and excitement in the air. Faculty, staff, and all of it feels like a first day all over again. It feels like a first day of school a lot to me lately. And so recently it's got me thinking about my first day of schools and all of my childhood memories in particular. I remember one of my first days of middle school I was a little nervous going to sixth grade. I know what you're thinking. How could I be nervous? I mean, look at this cool preacher in front of you, right? I know every preacher is cool. You would never think we were nerds ever, but believe it or not, I was one of the few preachers that actually was not cool and a little nerdy in middle school and high school and well, forever. And so I was nervous. And so one day before sixth grade started, my dad sat me down and he said, what is it exactly, Marion, you're nervous about? Are you nervous about the bus or changing classes or your locker? What is it that you're worried about? I said, well, I, I want people to like me. I want friends. I want to be popular. I don't want people to tease me. And he's like, well, I just want you to remember this. When people make fun of you, when people tease you, it really means they just want to be your friend. And so you should always treat your friends the way you want to be treated. Well, I go to school, I get on that bus, and within seconds, people began to tease me about my beautiful outfit, about my skirt, my matching blouse. I began to walk down the middle school hallways and people began to point and make fun of the huge bow that I had. And yes, as I sat down in my chair, the boys would throw things at the back of my head to see if they would stick because of how large and frizzy my hair was. I got home that day. My dad said, how was school? And I said, you're never going to believe this. I have so many friends. <laughs> By the end of the week, I was convinced I even had a few boyfriends. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.
there it is, the golden rule. And that is the reason for my shirt today. And yes, my children absolutely hate this shirt. <laughs> I think it's because they look at me as one big manner police because I'm constantly telling them, don't chew with your mouth open. Finish what's in your mouth before you try to talk. Please put your napkin in your lap. They feel like I'm constantly on them about manners, but I think also they know that ultimately this shirt is a reminder that they should treat each other nicely. They should say helpful and kind things and maybe not argue. It's a reminder of the golden rule in my house. And yes, Telling children to treat other people the way you want to be treated, that's a very easy lesson that we tell children, and we can all get around it because we've all said it to them. However, it's just as important for us adults to hear. The golden rule needs to be a little bit more discussed right now, I think. In the world of COVID and in the world of virtual meetings and Zoom and all of these online things, we are hearing more and more examples of how we are unkind to one another. We're not treating each other very nicely. We are forgetting our ethical boundaries. We're forgetting social boundaries and we're saying things that are just mean to one another. And while I can appreciate honesty, it's taken another level. It's almost like our filters have all gone and we have forgotten how to treat one another. And so we need a reminder of our good manners. And if you need that reminder, it's all over in Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. The golden rule even, it's in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I read the version in Matthew to you. If you don't believe me that it's in Luke and Mark, fact check me, go find it and read it. And in fact, the one in Luke literally says verbatim what's said in the Old Testament of Leviticus. And the one in Mark, it's a different situation or context, but it too has the same verbiage. So go look at those different ways that Jesus reminds us. For Matthew, in its context of the golden rule, Matthew uses it at the end of a question and answer encounter. It's used as one of those disputes to intentionally set Jesus up. The whole point of it is to build a case against Jesus. And so it's a setup. Of course, Jesus has the perfect resolution and says, well, actually, the greatest commandment is love. It's love your Lord and love your neighbor as self. It's a doubling down almost of the greatest commandment of love. And so here we have the ultimate teacher of Jesus reminding us that the commandment for how we are to live and treat one another is love. Now, there are a few ways that we can interpret this text, and they're all good and theologically based. The first one is that the reading suggests that we've become too self-indulgent that we use everything of the world to fill our own needs and that we have become more self-centered, thinking that God um, is not needed, that we are our own creator, that we 
serve ourselves. And so instead of being culturally centered or divinely centered, we are more self-centered. Another interpretation is that we are called to serve others. So it means that as we serve other people that we in turn will be served. You hear this all the time on trips when, or days when people say, gosh, I went to do it for this person, but really it meant more to me to do it. It's a good reading. Another interpretation of this text is that we are not able to love anyone until we know the worth and value of ourself. So how can we extend love to anyone until we know how to love ourselves? Today in a world of distancing and isolation and quarantine, I think that's an important moment to sit with and rest on. How are we supposed to show value and worth to the person in front of us? unless we have it for ourselves. So it's almost like the way we treat someone else is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. The same day I confessed to my dad that I was nervous about sixth grade and wanted to have friends, was the same day that my mom found me and took me in front of a mirror. And she put me square in front of a mirror. And she said, I'm going to ask you one question and you have to answer it as fast as you can. I'm like, all right. She said, I want you right now, tell me, what are 10 things you love about yourself? Go. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not doing that crazy lady. I am not gonna talk to myself in that mirror. I don't even know what to say. So my mom turned me back around to her. She said, look at me in my eyes. And she said, I'm gonna tell you 10 things I love about you. And she did. And then she turned me back in front of the mirror and she said, now it's your turn. Tell me 10 good things. That's how the rest of my life went. Random days, at random times, my mom would sit me or stand me in front of a mirror and say, 10 things right now, go. And I used to say things that were silly. Things like, I can tie a pretty great bow in my hair. But then I would say other things too, like I was really nice to that person today or my brother today. That was my parents' way of teaching me some sense of self-value and self-worth. And it worked. Somehow, it helped me get through hard days. And I knew how to treat other people. Now I know that not everyone was as lucky or as, as blessed as I am to have a support team or cheerleaders back home. I know that. I think about, I think about the teenager who cuts herself to feel something. And I think about the young adult who is having some type of identity crisis because he doesn't love the person he's supposed to love. And I think about people at home, especially these days of quarantine, who don't feel safe at home because someone is hurting them at home. I think about the people who are judged just by walking down the street. 
So how do they know love? How do they know value? They knew it through us. They know it by the way we treat them because we become a reflection of their value. And so sometimes it's turning them in front of us and saying, I'm going to tell you how much I love you. And I'm going to tell you 10 things about yourself that are fantastic until I can put you in front of a mirror and you can do it for yourself. I'm going to be that reflection of the Lord, your God, who loves you until you can see it too. You know, there is a great story about a congregation. It's the United Methodist Church. And they decided to go down to the Gulf Coast and help people after um, all of the hurricanes. This is pre-COVID. Please know it's pre-COVID because yes, everybody piled up into about two vans and they went down there and they all slept on the floor in just a few Sunday school classrooms. And when they got down there to the Gulf Coast, they met with the project manager of the, comp of the nonprofit they were using. And they said, okay, here are a list on here here are all your list of all the houses that we have and the projects that we need to be done. So we're going to hand them to you and you just get what you can done for the week. First morning comes up. It's a Monday morning. One of the teams, they get in the van and they drive. And so they come to the first house and they pour out of the van and immediately they begin to work. They see all of these things that they can do and so they just start doing it. They start to work in the yard and they start to assess the whole house. And this 50 year old woman comes out and they said, oh my goodness, we're here to help. This is a beautiful house and we're just gonna take care of you today. And they begin to work. They begin to tell her too how much they are enjoying to be there. They're like, look at these flowers that have survived all of this in your yard, look at this. And the workers inside the house, as they were painting and patching holes, they would say, well, look, is this your family? Are these pictures of the people you love? And this is how it went on every day for four days. And at the end of the week, they had done an incredible amount of work. And so at the end, they all circle up as normally happens on these types of disaster relief mission trips. They all circle up and they have a blessing over the homeowner and they do kind of a commissioning. And after that time of prayer and commissioning, the homeowner said, you have absolutely no idea what you've done for me. She said, on Monday morning, I was so desperate that I had decided that would be my last day. And she said, I don't know where y'all came from or who sent you, but I'm so grateful what you've done for me. I have so much to do and so much to live for and so much beauty around me. The team went back to the home base and shared that story. And the project manager said, wait a minute, did you say you helped a lady? I'm like, well, yeah, okay, what was her address? And so the, they shared the address. And the project manager's looking at all of his scripts, his list, and he said, y'all went to the wrong house. I don't even have that house on my list. Sometimes it's okay to be unscripted. There are a lot of things that are unscripted and that are coming up that will be unscripted. The election, holidays, school, pandemic. 
And may we all take a nice breath and have a reminder that the way we treat others is a reflection of our worth and our love of our Lord God. So yeah, let's have some good manners. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, you are our dwelling place, and it's in you that we rest now. Take all of our thoughts, take all of the stirrings of our mind and our heart, and may you pour your spirit over them. And may you use them to activate us. May we be activated to love in a brand new way and to live life in a new way. And Lord, if there is any time that we have said something that is unkind or unhelpful or unnecessary, we apologize. And we ask that you give us new ways to do it new this week and these days before us. We ask too, Lord, that you use us as your representatives and your students in this world so that we may continue to show everyone the value of you and what you can do to change a life. Be with all, Lord, who are in school settings, whatever they may look like. Be with all who are in healthcare settings, whatever they may look like. And be with people, Lord, as they begin to navigate what is comfortable for them and what is not. And through it all, Lord, for people who are worried, worried about sickness or illness or whatever it might be, Lord, may you bring them comfort. And for people, Lord, that we know that are learning about new life inside and new lives before them, and new excitement and adventures before them, bring them a sense of comfort too as they navigate that. Be with each of us in whatever space we have, whatever is happening to us. And may we always be pointed back to you and your directions. Amen. There are many ways to respond to God and one of them is through our giving. You can see on your screen that there are ways that you can give to Chapel Roswell. And when you do give to Chapel Roswell, you are continuing the work and the ministry that is done on this campus. One of the ministries I want to tell you about is a tutoring program that we do have. It's through one of our local elementary schools. It's a one-on-one -on -one virtual tutoring that we're really excited we're able to, to operate and do right outside of this church and to really connect with our community. And it's the generosity of time and resources that we're able to take our tutoring program and even expand it to even a larger parenting program. So if you are interested in that, let us know. But I want to make sure that you know that everything we do is in support of the work of God's work at God's church. And now hear this benediction and the sending forth. Go and love your world. Go and love your Lord. Go and love your neighbor and go and love self. Go in peace and amen.